0: I was just doing some kind of reading the other night and came across this cute little story about these two little boys who were pretty mischievous, to say the least. In fact, any time there was mischief, you could count on these two to be right in the middle of it. And so, finally, their parents just got, you know, got their wits end. They didn't know what to do with him. Didn't know what to, you know, how to have it. Get rid of the mischief and whatever. So they said, maybe the pastor could talk to him. So they sent him into the pastor, and um, the pastor looked at him and said, uh, Where is God? And the little boys kind of looked at each other. The pastor said, Where is God? And the little boys were starting to get scared. Finally, the pastor said, Where is God? At that point, one of them jumped up, ran out the door, ran home, ran in the door, and said, "Mom, mom, 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 God is missing!" And they think we did it. <laughs> you know. Well, I want to talk to you this morning about talking to yourself. Uh, some of the songs and the scripture reading was right on, where the psalmist says, "Why are you cast down, O my soul?" Who's he talking to? He's talking to himself. And if you notice in that passage, he doesn't answer the question. He doesn't say, well, you're, you're uh, down because of this, you're down because of that. The next verse is, hope thou in God. And so I want you to turn to Psalm 103, if you would, for me, please. <laughs> Psalm 103. I had this great big pulpit in New Jersey where I could take all my stuff, you know, and lay it on there. So if you see something come flying off here, Uh, don't don't worry about it. Psalm 103. Let me just read, oh, at least the first five. How much time do I have here, by the way? Till? Ten till? Okay, great. Thank you. The psalmist says, praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all our sins and heals all our diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for the oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses and his deeds unto the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse nor harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we were formed. He remembers that we are dust. Let's pray just a second here. Thank you, Father, for being able to come here and worship you and to grab hold, Lord, of how the psalmist is praying and who he's he's talking to here. Help us to have the kind of self-talk, Lord, where God isn't missing, but may You always be a part of our own of our self-talk. And we pray it in Christ's name, Amen. Now, sometimes I'll be in the house and my wife will say something, and um, I'll say to her, um, "Honey, uh, you talking to me?" And she'll say, uh, "No, I'm talking to myself." And I'm sure many of you talk to yourself and like she does, I'm probably wondering if she ever starts answering herself, I'm not sure, she might not need some help, or something of that nature. And they say that you say, oh, if you're talking to yourself, that's probably okay, but I know people who just suffer from negative self-talk all the time. And so I want, want to just say right up front, I'd like you to include in your self-talk, the Lord, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Gospel, and, and, and those kinds of things that I think will really help you uh, spiritually. Now, some psalms are addressed to God. Some are addressed to nations, righteous people, sinners. But in this psalm, the, 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 the um, speaker is speaking to himself. He's talking to himself. And I think it was Martin Luther that said that um, God's people ought to preach the gospel to themselves every day. And I think that's probably good advice. So that's what David is doing here in this psalm, and you you do understand, I'm sure, that the gospel is not just in the New Testament. You do understand that the gospel runs from Genesis to Revelation, and it's found in this psalm. In fact, uh, rather clearly, uh, to say the least, Um, where I go to church, the pastors usually end their sermons with bringing Jesus into the into the sermon where, how do you see Jesus in the Old Testament? In fact, one of them preaches through the Old Testament, the other one preaches through the New Testament. That would have been nice, you know, in my day. But we had, I had to do both, you know. But um, this is the kind of Psalm where you can see Jesus right off the bat. And uh, so let's look at verse uh, verse one, okay? Uh, the Psalmist preaches to himself first about praise. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. Uh, what, one of the songs we sang, I will give you all my worship. Yeah, that's what the psalmist was doing here. He's giving God all of his worship. Why? Well, we really don't know why. Could be his spiritual life has grown cold, or he could have been doing some preventative maintenance so that he wouldn't forget the gospel, so he wouldn't forget God. We forget a lot of things. How many of you have ever found out, found yourself in the evening, and 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 uh, hadn't really thought of God much at all during that day? And but that's our that's our nature. That's our our bent towards our selfishness and our sin. Now, the psalmist teaches us how to praise here. Notice what he says: "All that is within me, I want to praise." I'm praising God all the... Three times he exhorts himself to praise God. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Verse 2, praise the Lord, O my soul. And then he invokes praise from the creation when you get to the end of this chapter. Sounds like the psalmist needs a triple shot of praise here. Uh, Something you guys probably pick up at uh, Starbucks or something, you know. Um... We we praise what we enjoy. We, uh, I think it was Jonathan Edwards who, who basically said that. Um, there's really no true worship unless our whole affections uh, are involved. As we we worship our we need to be pouring out our love and our in our hearts and in our minds and in our bodies, as we, as we worship the Lord. So the psalmist is is just excited and and praising God. And I don't know about you, but we usually praise what we enjoy. Um, A lot of folks like this snow, you know. Every time I meet somebody in Montana, it's, man, isn't this snow great? And I'm like, no. (laughs) You know, they look at the snow and they think it's great. I look at the snow and I think, shovel, you know. But we praise what we really enjoy. Uh, I have grandkids. I just don't get me started. Okay, they're just the most wonderful things. In fact, if I'd have known they were that good, I'd have had them first. But uh, <laughs> you know. But um, C.S. Lewis helps us out here. I think uh, when he talks about this whole idea of praise and what uh, what it what it really kind of means, he says, "I think." We delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it's expressed. I thought that was really a great comment on praising and what praise accomplishes. Not only in our worship, uh, but in our, own, in our own lives. So let's look at some of these benefits, okay? Well, actually, before we do, and I think I have time to do this, we all know where the benefits come from, amen? They come from God. Um, in fact, uh, if you read this, this passage, they're, they're for the people who fear God. And when we read a passage like this, we think, oh, God, I'm saved, and you love me, and you care for me, and blah, 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 and on and on and on, and that's all great. But three verses in this chapter point out that this, this, these, these benefits are for the fear those who fear the Lord. And the fear of the Lord, wonderfully, basically, does not, does not push us away from God. It draws us to God. That's true fear of God. And you, you, you know, you've done this, you've, you've done something wrong, you had a bad attitude, you said something you shouldn't say, and God gets a hold of your heart and you just go down on your knees and you say, oh God, you know, forgive me. That's, that's the fear of God, that's, that's God, that's drawing close to God, and that's what the fear, uh, fear of God does. Now, thankfully, we read in this passage already that God doesn't give us what we deserve, Amen. And God is not looking for perfection or else none of us would ever qualify for any benefits. In fact, none of us ever do. I love the word benefit though. Just split it in half. Bene means what? Good. Yeah. And fit means suitable. So what God gives us are good things that are suitable for our life and living and things of that nature. So God gives us so so that we can just now worship, so we can worship him in with all of our being. Um, We don't have time to turn to Galatians, I don't think. In chapter five, you'll find a whole list of sins. And the end of those sins is uh, death and separation from God. That's 519 to 21, I think. But in 522, we find things that are suitable. The fruit of the Spirit, Things that suit us for life and for service, and these are the benefits of God that fit us, and and the psalmist knows about these, and he doesn't. His point is, don't forget, don't forget these benefits. Now, one of the uh, one of the good old dead guys is a guy named Alexander White. I think he was in somewhere in the 17th or 1800s, and he took a look at this psalm, and and only he could. come up with stuff like this. He said that um, in in these verses he said we have the law court forgiveth all our iniquities of course using the old version. We have the hospital heals all of our diseases. We have the slave market redeems our life from destruction. We have the throne room crowning us with love and kindness and the banquet hall satisfying us and our mouth with good things. I probably should have just taken that outline, you know, but I didn't want to steal it too much, you know, something like that. But let's look at some of the benefits. First ones are forgiveness and healing. In verse uh, 3, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Forgiveness and healing. Forgiveness is first probably because it's our greatest need. Without forgiveness, we really have no idea what follows and, and, uh, What what the Lord is is saying to us, or anything else. And please note it's all your sins the past, the present, the future, all the ones you're going to commit. God has put these things, these sins, where you can never be condemned, where they'll never condemn you again. I like the way one one pastor put it. He said, um, The psalmist is trying to point out that however many miles you think, lie between west and east, you cannot look two ways at the same time. You have to turn your back on the one in order order to look in the direction of the other. When God forgives us, he puts our sin and us on two different horizons. So when he looks at our sins, he is no longer looking at us. And when he looks at us, he's no longer looking at our sin. Or in the words of the Apostle Paul, uh, God justifies us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Forgiveness is so important. I want you to preach to yourself every day about God's forgiveness. It was Augustine who said, God's benefits will not be before your eyes unless your sins are also before your eyes. Preach to yourself about God's forgiveness. Heals all our diseases. Some feel this is a type of uh, Hebrew parallelism where the um, healing is also spiritual. They believe that the healing is not physical. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, I think we're probably healed more times than we even, even know it. But the second phrase they say says the same thing as the first phrase only with different wording meaning heal spiritual diseases as opposed to physical healing. Now, of course, we know that God does forgive all of our sins. Amen? Yeah. But He doesn't forgive all of our diseases. I mean, He doesn't heal all our diseases, excuse me. Uh, As is so obvious with many, many people that you know and that I know, they're sick and some of them don't get better and they die. So, um, but I still think there's the element of physical healing here myself. I really do. Um, this, this might be helpful. Uh, one commentator said, he's saying, what he's saying here is as we ought, we are, that when we're healed, as we often are, it is God who has done it. He's the healer of the body as well as the soul. Therefore, such health as we have been given is a sure gift from God and that gift ought to be praised. Now, you and I have been healed many, many times. It's God who made your body, and it's the body that heals. So I really believe there is an element of physical healing here for God's people, and even some of those who are not that God has, God has healed. All right, let's look at um, redeeming and crowning, OK? Look at verse 4. Who redeems your life from the pit, crowns you with love and with compassion. So the pit is basically the word sheol, which means place of the dead or the grave. And God has rescued us from that. He rescued the psalmist. And the psalmist is telling himself again this. He's telling himself, you've been forgiven. He's telling himself, you've been healed. He's telling himself, you've been saved from the grave and from death. That's what I want you to tell yourself. That's what I want you to preach. Now some of you may have grown up in a very, very negative atmosphere at home and, and you didn't get a whole lot of encouragement and so forth and so on. You may sit around just moping and, and, and talking negative stuff about your, yourself and your life or somebody else. Replace that. Replace it with the gospel, the gospel that the psalmist is talking about right here Uh, this morning. So we were all on the brink of death and had we not responded to the message of Jesus, we would have died an eternal death in hell. I love the story about the dad and his little boy that were riding down the street one day and a bee flew in the car. And the little boy was allergic to bee stings and uh, he got all scared and so the dad just reached up and grabbed the bee and then he let it go and the little boy got scared again and so the dad just grabbed it again, and what he did was, is this time, he showed the little boy that the stinger was in his hand. And he told the little boy, the bee can't hurt you anymore. I took the stinger in my hand. And that's what the Apostle Paul says, huh? That Jesus Christ has taken away the sting of death. There are a lot of people who are afraid to die. Might be somebody here like that this morning. Jesus has taken you out of death and put you into life, an eternal life. Don't worry about the sting, okay? It's not there. It's not there. And crowned us with love and compassion. I think it's my version that says favors us with love and compassion. No, mine says crowns. I like favor better. (laughs) I don't know why. It just seems a little more personal to me. God has favored us with love and with compassion. Every time, every time I think of that, that combination, I think of Psalm 23. At the end of the psalm, where it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of, of your life. And I'm thinking, wow, can you think about that? Imagine that. Every day, every moment, every month, every year of your life, goodness and mercy and compassion and love are following you around. Yeah. That's what's happening. God has favored you with his love and his compassion, and you can live by, by that every day of your life. That's, that's the gospel. And, and I'd like you to preach that to yourself. Preach that to yourself every day. And let's look at the last two. I might even get done early here. That'd be amazing. Please don't tell any my old congregation. They thought I never got done on time. But uh, look at verse five: Who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. There's another psalm that says this: Delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. What are your desires? Are they God's desires? Are they desires that are pleasing to him? I hope they are. I really do. God has already given us, as I said a moment ago, every spiritual blessing. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. God has already given us everything we need for life and godliness. In 2 Peter chapter 1. And the book of James tells us that everything that comes down, everything that's good, every perfect gift comes from God. And these benefits and gifts really give us spiritual strength. They really strengthen us when when we need it. And God knows exactly what we need and and when we need it. I'm always surprised at uh, complaining, unhappy cranky church members. What in the world do we have to, to really complain about? What do we have to be cranky about? You know, what do we have to be unhappy about? Dear friends, we're, we're children of God here. You know, We're children of God with every blessing that God can give. I'd like to suggest that's a lot. You know, that's a lot of blessings. And God wants to bless you and me. It's very difficult, though, to receive God's blessings if we're always negative and always talking to ourselves negative. Now, I grew up in one of those homes. I grew up, uh, the funniest thing I ever heard was the term dysfunctional family. Dude, we, our family made dysfunctional families look functional. I kid you not. And I never really had a whole lot of encouragement whole lot of praise, and, and, and we, it, was a, it was a bad place to grow up. But you know, the Lord turned all that around. <laughs> turned every bit of it around. Not that I haven't complained or something like that. You know, I'm, I'm just like you. You're just like me. We all do it. But these are blessings. These are things that God gives you. These are his benefits for you. And then think about this. We live in America. You know, and God has unloaded, a, you know, just a truckload of temporal blessings on you and me. Plus all these spiritual blessings. And I'm going to be cranky. Probably not a good thing to do. You know, And I know Bible students can get cranky too. I was in Bible college once. Thought I knew a whole, whole bunch of stuff. And I was in seminary, you know, where we discussed and got disgusted with each other. And, uh, you know, been through all that. But slowly but surely, God is teaching me. Frank, preach the gospel to yourself every day. We have the Holy Spirit, the Bible, Son of God, God the Father, the church, eternal salvation, all that in heaven too. All that in heaven too. Praise him with your inmost being. Praise him with your inmost being and preach the gospel to yourself every day. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for this psalm that teaches us so much of your grace and love. We thank you in Jesus' name.